new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. So Matt Barnes pitched for the first time in spring training, and it wasn't great. I didn't even a third, two hits, one run, three strikeouts, one walk. Boring. Who cares? It does not make a difference at all. What does make a difference in terms of Matt Barnes and his lot in life with the Red Sox heading into 2017 is what he learned from last year, a horrific August and then a really, really good September. And why? Well, you're about to find out. The name Dylan Batances. Yes, Yankees relief pitcher Dylan Batances. It became the Batances project for Matt Barnes. He talks about how his season turned around when he started locking in and trying to be the same kind of pitcher that Dylan Batances is for the Yankees. Really, really fascinating stuff from both Barnes and one of the guys who helped him with the Dylan Batances project, Brian Bannister, both on the Bradfoe Show podcast. Well, the last time Matt Barnes was on the Bradfoe Show podcast, I believe it was was probably early February, and I don't know if you knew exactly what your lot in life was going to be. It was like, oh, well, maybe you'll be in the bullpen. Maybe that'll be something that'll be cool for you, but you don't know. And then the next thing you know, you're pitching the eighth inning. You're a legitimate relief pitcher. I mean, we really, this time last year, weren't far off from are you a starter, are you a reliever? Isn't that weird to think that? It's crazy when you kind of look back at at how everything has gone over the last couple of years. Um, Going from, like you said, not knowing whether I was starting or leaving, um, up and down, back and forth between the two. Um, So it was kind of nice to get some clarity last year and and get a full season as a a reliever and kind of 
kind of figure some things out on, on how to actually do that. Okay, so how do how, how do you because let's say I want to become a major league relief pitcher, which is going to happen, right? Absolutely. So tell me, you said how to figure things out. How tell me what what are the, some of the what's the biggest thing you said? This is how I learned to be this. Man, it's tough. Um, you know, I, I learned out. I learned how to really be successful at it by getting my butt kicked. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of good months and then August was not good for me and then and then September kind of turned some things around um the biggest thing was I kind of took a step back and looked at it objectively sat down with Dana Banny Carl and some other guys in the bullpen and and kind of went over numbers and they helped break down stuff on on how my stuff best plays to hitters um we were kind of able to come up with a formula and a way in which to to use these pitches and, and how to attack hitters using my pitches to my to my greatest so strength. you were so you so in a nutshell so you, you fastball curveball right. right those are mo- the one and two right, right. yeah top of the map right, food yep. chain right, right. Exactly. um so you were felt like you were throwing them at the wrong time and in the wrong counts and i mean so when you say i learned how to use these pitches better at the right time right so i, I think the biggest thing for me was we i took a step back and i was like okay <clears throat> I tried to compare myself to Dylan Batanzas, and I was like, okay, we have similar stuff. So, you know, mid to high 90s with a curveball, mm-hmm. relatively hard curveball, right? His curveball's a little harder than mine. Um, but why are his numbers X and mine are Y? Um, I didn't think that his stuff was that much better than mine where the numbers were so different. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went up to Dana, and I was like, okay. I explained that exact same situation to him as I just explained to you, and I was like, what's he doing differently than I am? Like, what's making him so dominant, and what can I do to get there? And he kind of broke it down, and he was like, okay, he's throwing this this many times or this percentage of the time. When he throws a curveball, he throws it here. He throws the fastball up or down or whatever he does. And we came up with a game plan as to how he attacks hitters, and I started to implement that. And we could even look back at times when I was really successful, mm-hmm. and more times than not, it was this game plan. So we kind of took – what we saw from Dallin and, and what they thought and what we found and then kind of implemented that through the rest of the season. Was the Batansis model, was that your idea or somebody else's? That was mine. Yeah. Thinking about sitting there and I'm like, okay, like I said, I, was, I didn't think that his stuff was, you know, a point and a half or two points of an ERA higher, or this many more strikeouts, you know what I mean? I thought it, I thought it was close enough where the stuff um, – or the numbers shouldn't have been that drastically different. When did you realize that, like you said, you might struggle in August, come back a little bit in September. When did you realize that Operation Batansis actually actually was paying dividends and this was going to work? In September was the biggest time. I, I, I talked to when Dana and, and Banny came up and, and kind of talked about everything with me. Um, it was sometime around the end of August. Um, and then September kind of implemented that entire thing. And and I, you know, it kind of worked out pretty well in September. I thought. What was that? Listen, I mean, everything was probably a whirlwind. The fact we talked, like we said, a year ago, you're sort of you did a little bit of relieving. You're trying to figure out, am I a starter or am I a reliever? Now you're an eighth inning guy. You have some success. You you have good stuff. Um, when did it? Or uh, at this time last year, did you say, hey, I have two really good pitches, and I'm. I'm going to be able to succeed because that's what relievers do. They have good, a couple of good pitches, and there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that that first thought is you know going from a starter reliever permanently. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have to get to the lineup three times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more max effort. I can kind of just do this, and I should be okay. Well, that turns out that's completely false. Um, that'll get you out of certain situations. I mean, the only difference between you know, when you when you're up there, no matter how hard you throw or, or how nasty your stuff is, if it's not located, it doesn't matter. Um, it allows you to maybe get away with some more stuff once in a while. Is is the only thing that velocity really does. Right. Um, but it was, but it was just it, it was kind of taking that, getting getting the experience and and seeing what type of swings guys are putting on certain pitches. Um, and then I ended up coming up with that with that little like slider cutter, yeah. um, just as something in fastball counts, just to show them a little something different. Um, when did I, you come up with that? Uh, I toyed around with it the year before, but then really kind of got into it this year sometime in maybe June, okay. May or June. Um, decided that I wanted just a little something. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just something to get hitters off a of fastball. Um, that's not the curveball. It's a little easier to control. So it's it, it's kind of the growth of, of those pitches and, and learning, you know, that sometimes you don't have to throw strikes. You're throwing strikes is almost a bad idea at times. Um, and just in kind of going through it and learning the hitters is huge too. Um, well, well, let me along those lines, what was your favorite at bat? What was your favorite? Like we talk about turning a corner of the most and maybe it was during that september after you sort of made those adjustments and said this is working it maybe it's not in a bat maybe it's a game do you remember one time where you said this is this is the jumping off point for me i think there were i think there were a couple i don't think it was necessarily and some of them were prior to august i mean i thought that i had done a pretty good job prior to august and august was kind of my my month where i kind of like the league adjusted to me, and or, or you know, I didn't execute certain pitches and, and kind of missed some spots, and they took advantage of that. Um, the Giants game is one that stands out to me, um, and then there was one other. Well, but well, let me ask you this: but yeah, I was gonna say the Giants, the Giants game is probably the biggest. And, and remind, remind me, what was what do you do in that game? I uh, went the three innings, the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yeah, sorry, it's all a blur. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I came in the six with the bases loaded, and nobody out, and got out of that, yeah. and then came in, and I ended up striking out. Um, what was it? It was um, what was his name? The first baseman. I can't think of his name right now. Oh, uh, uh, Brandon Belt. Yes. Brandon Belt. Yeah. Ended up striking him out with men on first and second in a one-run game. Yeah. Um, and then going back out for the eighth. I mean, that, that was that to me was probably. My outing where I look back in the season. Now I remember that. Now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you feel going into the playoffs? Like by the time the postseason rolled around, how did you feel like? Hey, what maybe you figured it out? Maybe you were worn down. Maybe you felt great. I don't know. How did you feel going into that playoff series? Oh, I felt great. Yes. I felt great. Um, you know that that September was huge for me. I was able to go out there and, and have some success with this new um, philosophy or idea of how to use my pitches that we just talked about. And after having some success with that, I, I kind of was like, okay, feel great. Arm feels good. I mean, it's the playoffs. You're going to playoffs, your adrenaline's pumping. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's, I mean, everybody's going to be banged up because you just played 162 games. Yeah. Um, but at that point, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're kind of, you're hitting the ground running. Your adrenaline's going, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. 
Is there anything new in Fort Myers? That, like obviously last year, the the oasis that was Twin Peaks emerged. Um, is there anything? Nothing new. This, I mean, that whole town center area is crazy. How fast they're building it up. They put a they put a Zaxby's in there. I don't know if anybody's familiar. What is that? Zaxby's is incredible. It's a fantastic. You know what I'm talking about? Blake knows what I'm talking about. It's a fantastic. It's like a nicer, like fast food kind of. It's a it's a it's a it's a fried chicken place. Is it next to Blue Sushi? It is. No, no one knows what we're talking about. I don't care. It's next to. Um, it's over by the the McDonald's and past the Costco yes. in the town center. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a service for everybody coming down. Again, I don't care because it's all about me and how I'm getting through spring training. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you a little bit, and and uh, I am going to go now break down film side by side of you and Dylan Batanza. <laughs> thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Picking up on the Matt Barnes, Dylan Bedanza's conversation is one of the guys who helped uh, work with Matt Barnes in terms of the evolution of his stuff last year, and uh, and that's Brian Bannister. And Brian, thanks for joining us. First of all, I, I wanted to go through sort of how this came about, whereas Matt talks about that seeing Dylan Bedanzas and just seeing that this is the sort of guy, why can't I be more like this guy? It was it that simple or did you come to him or did, how did that work? That came entirely from Matt. You know, he recognized uh, how somebody who's had a lot of success in the game in recent years was pitching, you know, looked at the body types, uh, looked at the arsenal with the, the power fastball and the big curveball and uh, really just, you know, started talking about that kind of idea and you know for any young guy it's it's becoming a good self-evaluator understanding who you are what pitches are actually working at the big league level versus what works at the minor league level and then uh, you know continue to push in that direction and gain confidence with those pitches so so the first step of the dylan bedantis project which i have dubbed it and making t-shirts of it now um what is what was the first step of it I think they had a similar path in their development. They both uh, were pegged as starters coming up. And I think as the fastball velocity continued to climb, and I remember seeing Matt in my first spring training here in 2015 start climbing up 94, 95, 96. And then you saw him last year. It was it was closer to 100 than it was to 90. And, and realizing he had that velocity inside of him, but also had the plus curveball, um, I think both those pitchers realized, you know, in a max effort kind of style, they could they could overpower hitters, and then it was just continuing to refine the pitch mix after that. So was it was it more mindset or was it more? We have similar pitches, so we're going to prioritize these pitches, and they're going to play up. Was there was there an element of I'm watching how he does things, and I'm going to approach it that way? Even if you have elite velocity. Hitters let you know whether your fastball is going to miss bats or not, r regardless of how hard you throw. And you know, you see a guy like like Nate Evaldi, who throws over a hundred, you know, struggle to miss bats and, and have to develop a splitter and a breaking ball. Um, I, th I think both Matt and Dellen, what they realize is that if if I use my breaking ball to set up my fastball, it works a lot better than doing it the other way around. Uh, sometimes the fastball gets hit early in a bat, and I don't have time to get to that plus breaking ball. Uh, so you see Batantis really push the limits like you know, his teammate earlier in the year, Andrew Miller, did with the breaking ball. Uh, but I think, I think Matt picked up some of those qualities in, in realizing that if, if I go breaking ball and then fastball, it, it's, a better, 
and more effective combination than if I do it the other way around. It, it seems weird, and it's a nice storyline and, and very easily packaged by people like myself to say, you know, the Dylan Batances project, but there was a very real improvement in, in Matt in terms of the last month. And, and was it, what for him, was it, did, did that help him click in terms of, in terms of finding the way that he wanted to go about things? And, and, and do you remember when that sort of started clicking for him? I saw it uh, mid-year as, as he had gone through the ups and downs of the first half of the year. Um, really just be content with pitching that, you know, we call it a backwards pitching style uh, with his pitch sequencing. Really just be okay with it. I, I think it's tough when you, you see that radar gun pop and there's big numbers up on the board. Uh, but you got to realize hitters on deck are, are getting just as geared up to hit that velocity. And when all of a sudden you flip the tables on them, and, and you're starting him off with a, a curveball or he added a little cutter slider that is, is still a powerful pitch. All of a sudden you give him something right off the bat to think about, and, and that really opens up that velocity. And so just, just getting to that point and being comfortable knowing even if I get behind with a breaking ball early, I'm confident enough in myself to go back to it and, and not just give in with a fastball. Uh, so you know, doubling up, tripling up, things of that nature – they're more advanced strategies, but under, you know, under the lights of Fenway with the pressure on you later in a game, it's not easy for a young guy to do, but he really stepped it up, and I saw you know, a lot of maturity come into his game uh, in the second half. Did did you look at video? I mean, this seems like after we're talking all about it. Did you look? Did you look at Patanza's video? And was there anybody else that you did look at or compared him to? I, I think with that big body, uh, you know, that that's a very good comp for him. But Barnes has a little higher slot. Both pitches are a little more upright with the fastball and the breaking ball. Batances has a little more sideways sweep to his breaking ball. He he even technically calls it a slider, even though I'd classify it as a curveball. And so they do have some variations in their mechanics. Batances falls off a little heavier uh, towards the first base side of the mound, creating that that sideways rotation. So they do have nuances in in how they're different. Um, But I think the overall game plan works for both of them because they have that high 90s velocity to go with, you know, the ability to spin the ball. All right, Brian. Thanks, man. The only you can tell this stuff, and I I, I can put a name on it, but you have to describe it. So thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Great to be here. New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them, we study them, we hope the big one never comes. Don't look up, it's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick, they even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. 
Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 